Welcome to PedsCast, a podcast brought to you by Children's of Alabama. I'm pediatrician Dr. Corey Cross. Today we'll be speaking with Dr. Wally Carlo. He is the Division Director of Neonatology at Children's Hospital of Alabama and at University of Alabama at Birmingham. He holds the Edwin M. Dixon Professor of Pediatrics Endowed Chair and is a world-renowned neonatologist. Thank you, Dr. Carlo, for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me here. So tell us about the Neonatal Research Network. It's part of the NIH's perinatal network, correct? It is correct. The Neonatal Research Network is one of the three NICHD perinatal networks. These are clinical networks to make major advances in perinatal care. And it's my understanding that Children's Hospital of Alabama is a member of all three of the NIH's perinatal networks, and that's a huge accomplishment. Isn't that correct? That's correct. We have now had for over 20 years the three networks. These are three major grants provided to us by the NIH to improve perinatal care, neonatal care in the U.S. as well as in developing countries. So the networks are the Global Network of Women and Children's Health Research, the Neonatal Research Network, and the Maternal Fetal Network. And as you mentioned, that brings in grant money for research in these areas. And I'm curious as to being part of the Neonatal Research Network, how that has opened up research opportunities. Could you let us know what that's done for your institution? Yes, it's very important. It has opened a lot of opportunities. For example, we conducted a very large study at Children's of Alabama in which we took babies that had bowel inflammation problems and their two treatments that have been used historically and we found out which treatment was best for some babies and which treatment was best for the other babies. So this is already being translated into practice, not just in Alabama, not just in the U.S., but all over the world. When you're working with the NIH, it has global implications, what you're able to study. And I will tell you that being a pediatrician, I think that perinatology is one of the fields where what I learned about in medical school, what I learned about survival and treatment plans for babies back then has really changed to what it is today. The advancements have been outstanding, but those advancements takes a lot of dedication and research. Tell me a little bit more about some of the studies you've done, because I've read your CV and it's pretty impressive. Yes. So for example, we did a study with necrotized enterocolitis. That's the inflammation of the bowel that I mentioned. And there's two treatments, either opening the belly and doing a big surgery. It's called exploratory laparotomy. They open the belly and they explore versus a tube to drain. And we did this multi-center randomized control trial, which was the second one led by our team and our investigators, but this is the biggest one. And this definitely showed that there's some babies that do better with one treatment and other babies do better with the other treatment. So this was a major, major advancement. And Likewise, in developing countries, we did the study of keeping babies alive, babies who are born essentially dead. Many babies are born that don't breathe, and we develop techniques and thought techniques to keep these babies alive with a reduction of mortality by more than 50%. Now, was that the first breath trial, or is that something different? That's correct. That's the first breath trial, and in fact, it was named purposely because some babies do not take the first breath. We are used to seeing a baby born and then cry. 
And that's like a sign. Everyone knows if a baby's crying, it should be okay. Well, what about for the 10% of the babies that don't cry? They don't take that first breath. And that's where the first breath trial comes in. And we resuscitated the babies and there was a big reduction in mortality. I also understand that you were part of the brain hit trial. Was that something that happened at Children's of Alabama? Well, we did a study at Children's that is similar. So again, many babies, 10% of all babies are born like they don't breathe and we can resuscitate them. But some babies are born, don't breathe, but the heart has also stopped for being born. And those babies get special treatments like hypothermia, which we did at Children's Hospital at University of Alabama at Birmingham. We did the randomized control trial that showed that hypothermia, so body cooling, improves their outcomes. They are healthier at two years of age. Which makes sense, right? I mean, if you think about it, we all know that when you have someone who's submerged or hypothermic, if they fall into a frozen lake, they actually have a longer time where you can really bring them back. So it would make sense that if you're taking a hit to your brain, if your heart is stopping at the time of birth, if you can cool those babies down, you can sort of preserve things and give yourself a little bit more time to get things back up and running, correct? You're totally right. That's the exact same thing. So we cool the babies. It's a little bit more difficult to cool because it's a servo control system, a system that maintains the baby's temperature at the exact temperature. So optimize the results and get really good outcomes. And we did that study for children. And then we translated the study to do it in developing countries. It's slightly different techniques, but we followed the brain heat. So these babies had a heat, let's say, So the brain heat is actually an intervention, a home-based intervention trial. (laughs) Heat, these babies have taken heat to the brain, but we treated them for three years in a randomized control trial to do early developmental intervention. This is very important because uh, we took babies with a brain heat and babies without a brain heat, but we put them all through a randomized trial of this early intervention This is like brain games. It's a specific program of brain games, but this is something every parent can do in the U.S. And what we found is that the babies that had the brain hit, they got five points more on the IQ and five more points on the motor development. And interestingly, the babies that didn't get a brain hit also improved. So even the healthy babies born normally, they cried well, they also got a big benefit. Well, and that goes to the brain being so malleable, right, when you're born, and that there's really so many connections, and that depending on what you expose the brain to, your brain sort of prunes itself to be able to work well in the environment that your brain thinks it's going to be in. Isn't that correct? That's correct. The brain is very malleable, and there can be many improvements with early developmental intervention. And it's not just for sick babies, it's also for even the healthy, totally normal child. And just to give a plug in here, this is one of the reasons why as pediatricians, we don't love it when you put your baby, healthy or otherwise, in front of a screen for long periods of time because you're basically training the brain to do something different than it really needs to be doing, which is exploring its environment. So it has real world implications, what you're talking about. 
it has. In fact, something we did is that the home-based intervention was all given by the parents. What we tried to do, because this is in low-income countries, we did not want to spend the money with healthcare workers. We taught the mothers and the fathers how to interact with the kids. And obviously that did not include TV, but it included a curriculum of great interaction between the parents and the child. Well, that's so encouraging because, as you said, it is something that we're studying here but has global implications. And when you can really have that type of scalability, it makes what we're doing all the more important because in developing countries, they do need our help to decrease their infant mortality rate. In summary, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yes, I'd like to say that it takes a village to raise a child. It takes everyone. If you're out there and you have a normal kid, You can help your kid, you can help other kids. And Children's Hospital is a great facility for children all over Alabama. I would 100% agree with you. Thank you for being here with us and for this great discussion and sharing your expertise with us today. It was a pleasure to speak with you, Dr. Carlo. Thank you. Thank you very much. For more information or to refer patients to Children's of Alabama, visit childrensal.org. That concludes this episode of Children's of Alabama PedsCast. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for other topics that might be of interest to you. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of PedsCast. I'm your host, Dr. Corey Cross.